Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. The first lesson we learn in life as kids is the principle of obedience. The same is true spiritually. Obedience is such an important part of our relationship to God and the key to a blessed life. In Jesus' teaching of the vine and the branches, he illustrates what it takes to really grow spiritually. He tells us, first of all, you have to have the pruning process. I'm the vine, you are the branches, my father's the gardener. He prunes the branch so that it can bring forth more fruit. Then he tells us that to grow, we've got to remain in him. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you'll bear much fruit. We have to stay in Christ and abide in Christ. We see the abiding results of a life of fruitfulness. Now we come to the third principle of spiritual growth, which is the principle of obedience. So Jesus concludes the teaching on the vine and the branches by underscoring to us the power and the benefits of obedience to him as the Lord of our lives. He says to us, you are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love each other. That's John 15 verses 14 through 17. Here Jesus teaches us the power and the benefits of obedience. As children, we discover the power of obedience. Obedience is difficult to learn at times. We all have a stubborn will, part of our fallen nature. And as our parents are teaching us when we're really small, it's complete obedience. But then we start thinking for ourselves. We go to school and we start having attitudes. And certainly as teenagers, we're now thinking and processing. That's a part of growing up. And when we're young, we just take what our parents give us at face value. But as we mature, we start thinking for ourselves. And that's so important to do. And sometimes we start testing what we were told. We start testing the limits. Is it really true? Jesus knows that we are the same way, that we have to learn obedience. Obedience is something that we're always learning in life. And even Jesus shared our humanity in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 and following. says, even though he was the son of God, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And he didn't learn obedience as the same way you and I did. He wasn't sinful by any sense of that word. But he shared our humanity of having to learn, having to comply. Think about Jesus, the son of God, and yet putting himself in a physical body, living in a world he had to learn from his parents. When he was very young, the Bible says of him in Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and 52, that Jesus returned back home with his parents and was submitted to them. And he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. That was right after they found him teaching in the temple. But what a thought-provoking statement that Jesus, in his humanity as a 12-year-old boy, went back home to Nazareth with his parents and the Bible says he was obedient to them. Obedience means you submit your will to someone. So Jesus teaches us that 
Obedience is vital to spiritual growth. He said, well, what should we obey? What is he talking about when he teaches us to obey him? He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. So now we see this really interesting interplay of I no longer call you servants, I call you friends, but you're my friends if you do what I command. This is my command, love each other. So the whole principle of obedience is crucial and vital in really bearing fruit as a Christian and growing. And it's an ongoing lesson for all of us because there's that part of us that just kind of wants to bow up and say, no, not in this area of my life, Lord. I'm not going to let you rule that area. I'll, I'll give you this part of my life, but not this part of life. So we're all having to learn how to submit our will to the will of God. And that is the ultimate struggle in life is whether or not you and I have the ability at times to just submit our will and to do what the Lord tells us to do only because he tells us to do it for no other reason. That just faithful obedience that says, Lord, I don't even understand this. So first of all, Jesus, when he's teaching us about obedience, he means that you do what I command you to do. And he reiterated this at the end of his ministry, right before he returned to heaven. Remember the great commission he gave us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations? And then what did he say? Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, Matthew 28, 19. That when we are teaching others the way of Christ and helping to make disciples, when we're raising Christian children, we should be teaching people to obey what Jesus commanded. And his most important command given in his teaching of the vine of the branches is love one another. That's the most important command. So there are things in life that we should do as Christians simply because he commanded us to do it. We should go to church together. We should worship together. Well, we love to do that. It's amazing. Experience the worship of other believers. But we should also do it because he commanded us to. Matthew 18, 20. If two or three gather together in my name, there am I in your midst. We should study his word because he called us disciples. A disciple is a student. We should love each other. We should give because he commanded us to give. Matthew 6 and 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And Luke 6 and 38, give and it will be given to you. There's so many things in life that we do simply because Jesus said to do it. Personally, I am okay with that. Maybe it's because I grew up with parents and I was just taught to obey. And by nature, I was more of a compliant child. I didn't do everything. I acted out occasionally, but it was very rare. I naturally tended to realize, well, the, the safest way to live, the best way to live here, the easiest way to live is just to do what they tell me to do. My parents didn't often give a lot of reasons for things, and so I didn't naturally grow up asking for a reason because they weren't offering one. I wasn't going to talk back. That was a good phrase I heard from my dad. You know, you don't, quote, talk back. And I think a lot of people struggle spiritually because they're always talking back to God. They're always asking for a reason. But it's much easier times to just do what the Lord commands us to do, this tremendous benefit and blessing and obedience. Moses tried to get this point across to the people of Israel when they finally got into the promised land and he wasn't going to be with them anymore. He tried to give them, here's the basic law of life if you want to succeed. But he told them in Deuteronomy 28, 
obey the Lord your God. He said, all these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. And so Jesus says here, you are my friends if you do what I command. And this is my command, love each other. So in the Great Commission, he says, teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And he also teaches us here that the reason we obey him is out of our love for him. He connects love as the motive. If we love him, we obey him. We obey him because we love him. Now, John, who writes this and records this beautiful teaching, Jesus became a great apostle in the early church and writes us letters also. He wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John later in the New Testament, and he wrote the book of Revelation. And he's always talking about love. In fact, we call him the apostle of love. He's always talking about Jesus' command to love and the importance of a relationship with Jesus based on love. In 1st John 2 and 3, he says that we know that we have come to know him because we obey his commands. We know that we love him, he says, if we obey his commands. In John 14, in verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So the motive of obedience is not out of fear or fear of consequences. The real motive is because of love. We trust him to the place of Jesus says, you should do this in your life, that we know that if we do it, then it's going to enrich our relationship with him. We're going to be pleasing to the Lord, but we're also going to reap tremendous benefits in our lives. Let it be said that none of us will ever benefit anything from intentionally disobeying God. That is not a pathway to greatness or to blessing. That is always a dead-end street. And any of us that have ever gone down that road of disobedience, no, it goes nowhere. There's no benefits of disobeying God. Just like when I grew up, there were no benefits to me to disobey my parents deliberately. Nothing good was going to come of that. And that's the basic law of life. If you're driving down the interstate and don't like the speed limit, just as high as you're going to violate it, there's nothing good that's going to come out of that. But the same is true spiritually. When God commands us to do something or not to do it, it's out of his love for us. It's out of his protection of us because God knows the best way for us, the greatest way to live. And so the whole motive is this relationship. I know God loves me. Jesus loves me, gave himself for me. Lord, I obey you because I love you. That becomes the motive of obedience rather than fear. And he also says to obey because he chose us and he appointed us to do his will. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, ordained you to go and bring forth fruit, fruit that will last. Just like Jesus prayed all night before he selected the 12, out of all these people that were following him, and he selected the 12 and he designated them to be apostles and he gave them a responsibility. That's true for every one of us. Every Christian becomes a Christian because at some point Jesus reveals himself to that person, that young person, that older person, whatever it is in their journey of life, he reveals himself so powerfully that you make your personal decision and say, Lord, I receive you as my Savior. I confess that you are Lord of my life. But that happens because Jesus pursues you. And it may happen to you when you're seven, like it did for me. I heard a man give his testimony one time at a 
businessmen's gathering where I spoke. He was in his late 70s, he said, when he accepted Christ. And he told everybody in the room, don't wait till you're this far down the road. Don't wait till you're this old to make that decision. But nonetheless, Jesus found him. In Revelation 3 and 20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat or fellowship with him or her and he with me. And Jesus says, I chose you. I appointed you, just like he told the disciples at the Last Supper. And because I chose you and put my hand upon you and I've called you to do my will in your life, that becomes the reason we obey him. Now, Jesus brings up this word, friends, that's so unusual. At the end of his ministry, he says, I no longer call you servants because the servant doesn't know his master's business. I call you friends. So let's conclude our sharing together on the teaching of the vine and the branches by considering what Jesus meant with this word, friends. One of the most meaningful statements Jesus ever made to his disciples is found right here when he said, I no longer call you servants. Instead, I have called you friends. It sounds like a paradox for Jesus to use the word friends and obedience. But ancient kings and even the Roman emperors had a group of close confidence. They were called friends of the king. He shared private information and secret plans with these friends. He even sought their counsel. They were the king's trusted inner circle. Now we obey Jesus because we love him and we trust him. We are his inner circle. Servants obey without any explanation. They're not given any insights as to why they're told to do something. But here he says, everything I've learned from the Father, I have revealed to you, I've made known to you. But the friends of the king in the ancient world would carry out his commands because they had a full understanding of his motive and his methods. They understood the higher purpose that they served by obeying the king. So they too, the inner circle of friends, obeyed the king. But they weren't like common servants because he shared everything with them. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's revealed everything to us. When he would teach parables, or he would often sit down with the disciples and go back and explain it to them. And he said, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you. You see, when you become a Christian, you are in the inner circle of Jesus. You have a close personal relationship with him. We joyfully obey his will. And when we do, we bring forth fruit that will last. We make an impact in the world as we tell others of his saving grace. You and I don't have to stay stuck where we are spiritually. We don't have to become stagnant spiritually. The Lord wants us to grow and to flourish. And here are the three laws of spiritual growth Jesus gives us in the teaching of the vine and the branches. I'm the vine, he says. You are the branches growing out of me. My father's the gardener. So the three principles are the principle of pruning, Always be submissive to God's pruning, cleansing work in your heart, in your attitudes, in your life when he seeks to remove things that are impediment to his work of grace. The principle of remaining and abiding in Christ, staying in Christ, stay rooted in your relationship with him. Don't get distracted. Don't get deceived. Don't get misled. And let his word remain in you. And he says, you'll bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And the principle of obedience. There are times when you'll understand why you're obeying him. There are times you'll obey the Lord, even if you don't understand all of it, but God is speaking to you. Jesus has commanded it. We do what he says because he said it. We trust him enough to obey him. When God prunes and we remain and we obey the Lord Jesus, 
then we will all bring forth fruit of character, fruit of ministry, fruit that will last. Let's join together for prayer. Lord, we thank you for this amazing teaching of your word. Help us understand who we are in you. Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God will continue to reveal to us the importance of allowing you to prune our lives, to cleanse us, to remove things in our lives that are an impediment to your grace and your will in us. That, Lord, we will remain faithful to you, never be misled, and that your word will find a permanent place in our hearts. And we won't forget the things that you taught, but we will let them remain in us to the point that they transform us into your image. And teach us the joy of obedience when we understand the reason and when we don't understand the reason so that our lives may produce the maximum result of your grace in us. Continue to bless your people. I pray for them today. I pray for their blessing, their healing, and their grace. In Jesus' name. Thank you for sharing this time in the Word with me. What an incredible teaching by our Lord, the vine and the branches. Share this teaching with others to help them grow in their faith as well. Let me take this moment to thank you for your faithful support of the Mount Perry Ministries, your commitment to the ministry, to prayer, to intercessory prayer, to your giving of tithes and offerings to support the ministry here in Atlanta, all over the world as we reach out and bear fruit that will last for Jesus. Thank you so much for your faithful partnership and ministry. If you don't have the Mount Parent app, make sure you get it today. Become part of the church. Connect with us online. And you can follow me, Pastor David Cooper, and also the Mount Parent Ministries on our social media. Stay connected, sharing the great praise reports of what God is doing in and through the work of the ministry here together. I'm praying for you. Sunday's coming. I'm looking forward to seeing you and your family in church this Sunday. We're going to have a great day together. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.